Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Physical Attraction is a podcast about physics, science, and technology. We are time travelers, jumping from the distant past to the distant future. From the life of Isaac Newton to the ways the world might end. And from the lives of quarks to the life cycle of neutron stars. No subject is too big or too small. We interview scientists, authors, activists, and historians. And there's been a special focus on Russia-related issues. We interviewed the author of Stalin and the Scientist, Simon Ings, about science in the Soviet Union and had several episodes about the atomic bomb. Subscribe to Physical Attraction on iTunes or visit the website at www.physicspodcast.com. Additionally... Physical Attraction has a sister podcast, Autocracy Now, about historical dictators, which is currently in an epic series on the life of Stalin. You can find that show at www.autocracynow.libsyn.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Well, more precisely, People's Democratic Republic of Podcasts this time, and focused on Latvian politics, on our incoming elections, and the fact that these are very special elections since they're very contested, and they happen in the 100th anniversary of our country. A lot of you people have asked me to do a show like this, so I decided to pick a true professional. Journalist Yuris Kaja, one of our most respected members of Latvian Journalists Association, who writes for a lot of American magazines and journals and media in general, and knows a lot about science as well, and has recently written a great article on our Delphi LV site. So, hi, Yuris. Hi, hi. Good evening. Well, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit overhyped. I did used to write for the Christian Science Monitor, and I used to write for the be a stringer for the Wall Street Journal, but they closed down operations up here. Or rather, they closed down operations up in uh, Sweden, uh, where uh, they decided it was no longer important to cover such companies as, as uh, Ericsson, Nokia, all the Swedish startup scene, even the startup scene here in Latvia. And they're gone, so I have other things to do. Well, that's a, that is a bit of a shame, but the most important part is that we are going to try to explain to our American audience now what's going on in Latvian politics at this given moment. And I think we should focus on the parties that actually have chances of getting into the parliament. So, well, we have a list here. Let's start with uh, how Latvian politics look in general, because that's one of the things that I, I'm really interested in, because in the post-Soviet sphere, politics look very different. Our left and right are defined differently. And for example, we have this Agrarians and Greens union, which is an oxymoron itself, if you think about it from Western perspective. What I would say, first of all, let's make it clear that we are a different political system than the American political system. We are a parliamentary system. That is to say, we elect the legislative body, which is a unicameral body. That means that there's just one house there that is SIMA, it's called, and it has 100 members. Uh, the United States has the Senate and the House of Representatives. It's, it would be called a bicameral system, two, uh, two chambers. Anyway, and then the uh, majority, whether it is a 51% vote majority in the, in the election or whether it is a, a coalition of political parties who are all in the SIMA, 
they form a government, or rather the president of Latvia, who is also elected by the parliament and not by the general public, as is the case in the U.S., but the president appoints, picks someone, one of the party leaders, to form a government. And then that person negotiates with other political parties. All we've had is coalitions all these, all these years to try to put together a government. And that sometimes means a little bit of horse trading. Somebody gets the Ministry of Interior. Somebody else gets the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Sometimes they make up a ministry. So we had a ministry for electronic, whatever it was, a few years back, just so everything sort of balances out. We've covered Israeli politics, and they have approximately the same system, except they get way more fractured matters because you know their percentage barrier is just 1.25%, while in Latvia you have to get at least 5% of the votes to even get into Saima. Of course, things were a lot uh, crazier back in the first period of Latvian independence when there's as many as 25 parties in parliament. And the parties, well, there were, there were big parties. There were, there were the Social Democrats back then, and there were the Agrarian Party, the Union of, of Farmers, I guess, Zemnieku Savieni, but it was called. But then there were some really weird parties. There was the party of uh, Jewish shopkeepers. There was the party of Russian Orthodox sheepkeepers, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it was really, really weird stuff. That all came to an end when Latvia had an authoritarian and relatively bloodless military coup in uh, 1934. But we're in uh, 2018, and in 2018 we have... 16 political parties seeking seats in the Saima, seeking any number of the 100 seats in the Saima. That's a slightly bigger number than we saw in the last election when there were 13 different... Yeah, 13, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and basically um, the parties who really have a chance are those who will get over 5%. Usually things work if you have two or three parties with double-digit voter support who are not, shall we say, at each other's throats. Well, we have about six or seven, at least, reasonable people. Yeah. Now, the thing is, um, there's also sort of been the, I would call it, I mean, maybe it's wrong, because I don't think any of the party leadership, uh, or most of it is not consumers of great amounts of alcohol, but there has in Latvian politics always been sort of the the slightly vodka-reeking elephant sitting in the corner. And he also wears a hat. He's famous for wearing a hat, too. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is uh, the vodka-reeking elephant in the corner, uh, call it vodka-reeking because it is a pro-Russian party, and, of course, everybody in the U.S. associates uh, (laughs) uh, vodka with Russians or Russians with vodka, which they're not terribly off the mark there. But what I also wanted to say is if you're thinking about vodka, Stoli, which everybody likes to drink in the U.S., is actually Latvian. Remember that. Especially if somebody's going to ask you to boycott or, or, or put tariffs on vodka, Stoli is Latvian. I know. I've actually spoke about that. This show was a big shock to people, but hey. So, so this slightly reeking of, 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 of Moskovskaya, not Stoli, is the party known as Harmony. It is a party that was founded basically to defend the, back in the day, when back in the day is not all that long ago, it was to defend the interests of mainly the Russian-speaking part of the population here. Wait, wait, Yuris. Here, here I'm going to have to stop you. I want to speak about them last because I have a special connection to that because there's a huge debate about that going on. I have a lot of questions about that. I would like to leave that for last. All I'm just saying is that they're the single largest party, about 20%, of the voters steadily like that. Now down the list, then we have the sort of the non-Russian leaning parties, call them what you wish. Then we have, of course, the oxymoronic uh, (coughs) farmers and union of farmers and greens. Actually, most of the electorate, I don't think, is is all that rural. And the greens are sort of this unfortunate, you know, they sort of wandered into the wrong room with all these people who are who are backing uh, industrial agriculture in the country and uh, there there really is no sort of clear european green agenda here in latvia it's just a name uh, in fact one of the most outrageous things that happened was was the head of the green party unit in the capital riga published a, a wildly anti lgbt rant demanding the baltic pride event which took place peacefully with no trouble during the summer, that that should be banned, and he was petitioning for that. And At the same time, one of their members, very surprisingly even, kind of agitated that we should legalize medical marijuana, which honestly surprised me. 
because I didn't expect something like that to happen, but, you know. A close relative of medical marijuana growing all over the country, you know, which is hemp, cannabis in Latvia. So we make butter out of them sometimes, too. There would be a fairly big farming interest in legalizing or, or decriminalizing marijuana, or at least certainly getting Latvia onto the international uh, recreational marijuana market. I think there is not terribly much difference between our hemp cannabis plant and the other one, the one that, you know, puts a smile on your face. So, <laughs> Well, the one requires special lamps, as, as I've heard. But That's if you're growing it industrially overnight, you know, trying to, trying to push the thing to maturity as fast as possible. Yeah, but just, just, well, I think what's most important is that the Grayans and farmers are a party of neither farmers nor Greens. Uh, their main power base is in Vanspils, where we've had the same mayor since 1983. Well, yeah. Yeah, and this is a, this is one of Latvia's oligarchs, and he is it is believed to be more or less his pocket party. Although you know, when pushed about it, a lot of people in that party tried to disassociate themselves from Mr. Ivar Lembex, who actually has been under criminal investigation and criminal charges and sued in various courts, including the, the UK, since uh, 2007, and nobody seems to be able to nail him. Well, then there are also murders involved with his case and people investigating his case, too. That also happened. Uh, but then again, I do have to give him some respect here because out of all the politicians of, like, the candidates or whatever, whenever Lemberg appears, like, in front of our best journalists, he at least knows how to answer. He's had such great experience about bullshitting the bullshitters of insane amounts of time. He's a sneaky con man, that's what he is, and I don't like him at all, but... I have had him on a program once I was on Latvian television with him. And I, I think, I mean, if you really work on it, you can sort of provoke him into saying some things. I mean, I asked him how did he initially make his fortune, and he said that he used to take uh, hunting parties to, uh, to shoot deer in the forest here. This was during the end of the Soviet period in Latvia, and, uh, and, uh, oh, and I said, well, that's, yeah, that's great. That's a great idea bringing in the tourists. I was sort of leading him on. And then he said, but then I suddenly said, well, Mr. Lembergs, wasn't it illegal to organize sort of private hunting parties, you know, on state land back in the day, you know, and then he sort of didn't have any answers. But anyway, he's a sleazy, he's a sleazy, slick and sleazy character. Okay. So he's behind the, the so-called the party of the farmers and the party of greens and, and, and whatever. Next we have, we have or had a party called Unity, Vienotiba, which is kind of a centrist liberal party. Uh, they actually formed a couple of Latvian governments, uh, two or three governments under Valdis Dombrovskis, who's now uh, vice president in, the, in, in whatever his rank is in the European Commission. And then we had uh, one of our, I think, our first female uh, prime minister, that was Leimdot Straujuman. And uh, she was sort of pushed out of office in a, in a failed uh, backroom plot by a woman who used to be the chairperson of the Saima named Solvita Aboltinja. Yeah, Solvita Aboltinja is a huge... I don't know, infamous hero of the party that caused the split up in various smaller groups at this point, I think. And who got into Saima through very shady means in the last election. Like, the last election she got in because some character who was elected decided to go off and become a fashion model in Hong Kong. And, and, and so she was next at the end of the list after him. She was very unpopular because she was sort of pretty arrogant and, and it was pretty clear that she was aiming for the top. Uh, but she missed and fell off the building, so to speak. Uh, one of the other things that she, she did was was she started hooting about these pensioners who were picketing in front of the Saima. And that was filmed by Latvian television. And made it onto YouTube with her going, uh, and, uh, and then that was cut in with pictures of monkeys, you know, screaming. And there are these monkeys that make howling noises and goats. Okay, this is this is the thing. Why why this matters? Maybe maybe American listeners won't understand. But over here in Latvia and in the post-Soviet sphere in general, we don't have uh, a class of people who would be known to you as quite well-off uh, retired people, well-off pensioners. Uh, pensioners are one of the least protected social groups here due to the fact that all of them worked throughout Soviet Union and obviously didn't produce 
that much of any real value and how how their work transfers to their pensions is quite an issue here. We just lack this social group of well-off retired people. So, you know, they actively fight for their rights. They have a union there. So it's a painful, conflicting issue. Therefore, any disrespect towards that group is, is taken very seriously here in Latvia. Therefore, that was it kind of hurt her a lot. Poor victims of the transition from from Soviet-style uh, so-called socialism to uh, the rather chaotic uh, semi-market system that Latvia has had since 1991, of course, has been improved and changed. So, so to disrespect these old folks who are already, you know, victimized by by circumstance was was a bad thing to do, and then to try to oust. Um, at the same time, I think what she tried to pull off, she tried to also throw, we'll get around to this party in a while, is the National Alliance. She tried to get the Nash, push the National Alliance out of the government and get rid of the female uh, prime minister, Langota Strauma, and the whole thing sort of um, screwed up. The whole thing ended up with the uh, reins of power going to the Greens and farmers who brought in the present prime minister, Maris Kuczynskis, who was actually a kind of a municipal and regional politician up until then. I mean, he's just a sort of low-key, unremarkable man. Leimdota had something in her. Leimdota was interesting. Solvita Abotinu would have been a pretty interesting person too, but, uh, but she basically torpedoed her own ship, so to speak. But yeah, what, what parties do they split in? I think it's the new Unity Party, where which also actually have a pretty good chance of getting in, into there. And I think it ended up being... I am surprised, because <laughs> Unity Unity just spiraled downhill. They even brought in Andres Piebalks, a former European commissioner. You know, he was not involved with any of the political uh, mud-throwing and everything that was going on in, within Unity. He tried, came back, tried to save it, and decided that, that all of his efforts to, to do CPR on the party were not working. Now the head of the party and also the uh, minister of economics is Arvil Sasharadens. I think that the reason that then they've now formed an alliance with a few little regional parties and they've called it New Unity. The problem with Arvil Sasharadens is that um, he's just not very well known at all. No, he isn't. No, he used to be a publisher of one of the biggest newspapers in Latvia that was then sold to mysterious owners, which is another thing that happens here, but that will be a, a, another another podcast. But, uh, but, at least, but at least for my generation, uh, I, I don't remember him at all. I I follow politics daily, so... It's he was not a politician. He became a politician, I think, after selling off his shares in, 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 in the Diana newspaper when everybody, you know, when that all was was sold uh, by the uh, Swedish majority owners. Moving on now, yeah. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, new Vienotip or new uh, new unity. Um, I made a terrible remark about them when I was at the Lampa, which is this big discussion festival. It's like an open forum for anybody who wants to talk about anything that's held out in the countryside uh, town here in Latvia and Cesis. And I think I was talking in an open mic and I said, wait a minute, guys, you know what new unity is? New unity is just the new body bag for unity. Well, at that point, when they were having low single figure ratings, I think I was right. I don't think I was making a terribly, you know, wrong uh, uh, call then. But now they seem to have crawled back up. Oh, slightly at least. Slightly, yeah. But new unity at least sticks to sort of core uh, centrist free market liberal also socially liberal but a little bit careful uh, trying to not say anything about uh, same-sex partnerships or legalizing uh, non-marital partnership which is what they're really talking about i think i think they're kind of um there there are political establishment they are they would be by this point our political establishment like the guys who've always been there right? they 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 uh, what kind of language can we use here ah uh, whatever so they were our political establishment and they were you know until they fucked themselves up let's put it that way let's let's speak totally it's it's totally fine look we've done worse we've done argentinian politics and that was really fucked up yeah so there we go i mean they they that that's what happened with that um 
but they seem to have recovered. And then the National Alliance, this is kind of the, where the, sort of the hardcore Latvians and the older folks and the same pensioners, they tend to vote for them. Although some of them go with the, 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 the Greens and the farmers. Uh, they are the ones who always will use the Russian card and say, you know, that's bad. The Russians are behind it. Uh, and they have a few reasonable ideas, such as such as supporting young families, such as hoping, uh, you know, that uh, people have more kids. But what they're really kind of dog whistling, and I don't mean like evil God dog whistling, but it is dog whistling. They're saying, have more kids. They say, Latvians have more kids, more Latvian kids. And that's why they've gone into this family and demographic improvement benefit packages and stuff like that. One, one thing that I didn't like about them, really, is that those are two issues. One of them is that no one remembers that in 2009, they, together with Saskanya, went down to Mr. Lukashenko, played a nice hockey game, and, you know, talked about some cooperation, which also literally happened and was written about on Delphi. Second of all, I remember Mr. Rives Zinters from, you know, old metalhead days of yore when I was just a teen – and we've drank together with him in a pub, and at one point he literally just, you know, everyone's, you know, drinking, and, and he just, you know, picks up a gas pistol from out of nowhere and just wants to go out on the street and shoot Russians with it. And so, you know, me and the rest of the guys kind of had to, like, stop him. It's like, whoa, dude, whoa, this is bad. Well, he can sue me all he wish, but I do have eyewitnesses to this, but it, 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 this really happened problem is he probably wouldn't care at this point but everyone remembers here how you know when we tried to sign a border deal with russia how he literally chained himself out in the winter naked so yeah he he doesn't come from the national alliance is an amalgamation of a couple of sort of nationalist and slightly or less than slightly right-wing parties he comes from the party called the everything all for Latvia, Viso Latvia. It was a youth-founded party, and he was a young guy, and he founded it. He was one of the founders. And he did a lot of crazy things. Yeah, well, you know, who hasn't done crazy things, right? Um, then uh, then, then we have uh, Fatherland and Freedom, which is also another nationalist party. And then we have the Latvian National Independence Movement, which goes way back to the... Uh, period of the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, the uh, so-called National Awakening of the late 1980s. And they have all sort of come together and formed this sort of uh, right-of-center nationalist uh, party or party alliance called the National Alliance. I do have to mention here that they they are not as far to the right as some of the Western European far-right parties. Well, they wouldn't at least be economically, I think. Uh, but they are very far right by Latvian standards. They're fairly far right by Latvian standards. They, they, they are, uh, of course, where they would have, find common cause with some of the parties in Western Europe, uh, in Hungary, uh, maybe in Poland and in Sweden, is that they are anti-bringing uh, in refugees, anti-bringing in immigrants and that sort of thing. Uh, they're a pretty hard line on that. But what, what I kind of like about them is how they, you know, they defend Christian values, but their like party symbols are clearly Latvian pagan ones. There are a lot of weird things that they do, but uh, good job, guys. And then Mr. Janis Iesalmiks, who is one of their party party uh, state secretaries. I mean, he has a function in the parliament, but he's not a member of parliament. I think he's running on the ticket. I think he ran the last time and didn't get elected. He's a young lawyer. But again, this is like pushing like about eight or nine or ten years ago. He wrote some rather batshit articles about how you could have uh, – about racialism, which is not racism. Racialism, you're saying, well, you know, people are sort of different. You know, black people are sort of different. He also has two wives. No, that's Paradeks. That's not – that's the assault. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, then, then again, their party has a guy in high positions who literally has two wives, which is illegal. Well, he uh, sort of consorts with two women, let's put it that way. Okay. He, he also has a comical last name in Latvian, which means debtor. Parodnix means a debtor. Then, of course, everybody who was in the Saima has to file this sort of official declaration of assets and income including, you know, who owes you money or who you owe money to or how much money you owe. That doesn't say who you owe it to usually. So there's always these jokes about the, the debtor's debts, parade, the debtor's debts because he does owe money, I think. Well, one thing about the population issues is that I found this to be obscenely offensive to me and to my sanity when uh, we had this TV contest uh, a few years back when I was still in college, which was like, who wants to be the prime minister in Latvia? And I was in like first year and I made it to the finals. And I fell out in like one of the final rounds where the round was your idea for Latvia. 
My idea for Latvia was critical reasoning classes in every high school. That would actually make Latvia better. Second place was some no-name person who just wanted to build another like gas collector for Latvia for some reason. And the guy who won, his idea was to give parents one extra vote for each child that they had. He actually joined Nazi Latvia in the international alliance at that point. And that was like really funny because I remember how, why I lost because Mr. Goodman, this another of our ex-prime ministers, he, his rebuke to my idea was that, well, we have enough people who criticize stuff already. And then I didn't even know how hard I should facepalm about this. But just, just, just a private anecdote again. Well, yeah, all right. I mean, what, what, it just goes to show that all parties, I mean, have somebody who has some sort of batshit uh, ideas that, that, they expound, maybe not in the party's name, but uh, there is no one who was about fault. I, I would go for the critical reasoning uh, any any time uh, and giving votes to the, your number of children. You, know, you that would there, there is a man uh, who's married to a woman from Kazakhstan who has thirteen children. Wait, 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 dude, 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 dude. what makes like like imagine this? What if Lemberg just adopts like? 18 uh, foster house kids, 18 foster houses worth of kids just before the election. How about that? Well, yeah, that would be a little bit crazy, but there are people who actually have lots of biological kids. That is not necessarily, that is not a necessarily a good thing. Um, people, people should be able to um, have the number of kids that they can deal with in a way that the, these kids turn into, into functioning uh, good adults. Um, now there are true there there may be families of eight or ten or, uh, or more kids that, that that where it works, but then there are a lot of other cases where you know it's it's sort of like uh, you know American hillbillies. You know, sorry okay. if there are any hillbillies listening. To- <laughs> no, we 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 have we have people from Alabama, and some of them look really nice. One of them like sent me this Tupelo hat and Tupelo glass, like of moonshine and, and stuff, and it was awesome. Also, this is the, there's the reason why I have an American flag on my wall at home. Uh, we we in the biggest parties we actually uh, we skipped over one, which is extra fun for me. Which is KPVLV. Oh, okay, yeah. We we will discuss the the, the vodka reeking uh, elephant in the corner later. KPVLV is a is is a really is a really interesting creature. Um, it is a political party whose manifesto and whose fundamental idea that. Government is uh, an institution that is sustained by taxpayer money and should have a a primary and very strict responsibility to see that taxpayer money is spent properly, wisely, and, uh, you know, it's not wasted. That's fine. That's great. That's a great – they couldn't have put it any better. However – they are pushing this agenda with kind of revolutionary zeal. They want to do everything. They want to. They want to kick everybody out, round them all up. This it's a kind of uh, lock them up. It's a lock them up type of uh, Trump style uh, attitude toward everybody else in politics, except for them. Everybody else. They attack all the other parties, and they not entirely groundlessly. One of the big issues here, for instance, is is actually it's a European Union policy everywhere. The country should subsidize or promote green energy, renewable green energy, in one way or another. You know, and Latvia has a policy of charging, uh, allowing a produ- so-called producers of green energy to charge a lot more for electricity for the electricity delivered into the grid, which means everybody pays for it. Which means it's kind of a it's kind of a hidden tax. But it, w- it wouldn't mean that, uh, but I understand the points against it, because for one, one of our other oligarchs, Andres Shell, just happens to own a majority in there, and there are also guys who are receiving subsidies who haven't even like built their stations yet. So it's a it's an issue that should be get fixed, not eliminated, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it, 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 the, 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 again, the fundamental idea of promoting green energy is not bad. It's how you do it. It's what you charge for it. And and I mean, if you if you buy a container wagon, one of these railroad container type things, and put a diesel generator in it and claim that that's green energy, or maybe the diesel generator is running on biodiesel. Oh, that's not that's not contributing anything. I mean, that's ridiculous. But there were a shocking number of fraudulent so-called green energy producers that were unmasked by an investigative TV program. So that everybody now is is rushing, trying, tripping over each other, trying to say that they're going to abolish or modify the system one way or another. And of course, 
the KPVLV. KPVLV stands for Who Owns the State? Come, Piedermals, who owns the state? And they answered the question. We own the state. The taxpayers really own the state. Without the taxpayers, there's no state. Everybody goes home. Maybe not a bad idea, but... uh, (laughs) But they are, they are sort of uh, totally aggressive toward anybody, you know, everybody else. This kind of actually surprises me because there is a single person in the party, like they're run by an ex-actor who used to be known for his like wild and crazy radio show, uh, The Dog the Dog House. But he's just super, super aggressive about anything. But they also have a philosopher, you know, because I have a master's in philosophy, therefore it kind of hurts me, Atis Zakatistovs, uh, who's apparently got a degree in Canada. And his stuff was pretty reasonable, you know. He's a philosopher. He should be, you know, reasonable. But what's going on with that? I, don't I, I, I very, very sort of slightly know him as well. I mean, he's been in Canada. He apparently was born and grew up here, and then as a young adult went to Canada, and he's that master's degree, and he's a... The other figurehead that they have, uh, the candidate for prime minister, is also kind of a lawyer who should know better on a number of issues. But they... Artists less than the others, but they take this whole attack dog stance on everything. I uh, used to follow him on Facebook, and he blocked me on Facebook after I put up a few sort of critical comments. And what I put up the critical comments about was that these guys are attacking the media. These guys are filing police complaints for criminal defamation, which is a crime that should be stricken off the books anywhere, everywhere. I mean, libel charges, I think, wasn't it like, at least if you're a member of a Latvian Journal Association, like, aren't you like allowed to tell anything unless, until like it's true? I, I think so. Don't really remember, but I think that if you call Artus Skymage a dumb fuck, then it's okay, because, well, he actually is, and I'm not, not, not standing back. That's your opinion. And you can also make a kind of analytical opinion and say, look, and this is what they, what they jumped on, on uh, Re Baltica, which is that investigative journalism uh, site. What they jumped on Re Baltica for was that Re Baltica concluded that it seems that the KPVLB may be getting supported by Lemberg's uh, uh, opponents, this weird Swiss lawyer who's been involved in a lot of, a lot of weird stuff here uh, <clears throat> surrounding the uh, Benz bills. Used to be the attorney for Mr. Lemberg's and they fell out. Now he's trying to bring down Lemberg's rather unsuccessfully. And also that Einar Schlesers, the former minister, former politician, I think he started one or two or three political parties of his own, some of which got elected. He is also possibly backing KPVLV or, you know, who owns the state. And they just sort of set out some circumstantial evidence. Now, I as a journalist might have sort of been wary of drawing those conclusions in the way that they did, but they did it. And when you make an analysis and you say, well, possibly the way it looks, it could be that, that Mr. Schlesser is, is giving some support to this party. And they didn't pull out any smoking guns. I think they should have gone and looked for them. But, uh, and now they're being charged with defamation. Now, that, that would not be so bad. Criminal defamation, you get fined for it. I don't know. You know, you come up with an easy defense. The other thing is they turn to the Latvian security police, which is sort of like the equivalent of the counterintelligence service of the FBI in the U.S. So, I mean, whoever, whoever it is there that is out to prevent, you know, subversion and undermining the political system and all that. And said that by writing this story, by writing this analysis, the uh, Latvian investigative journalists called uh, Re Baltica were uh, trying to undermine the electoral system, and this was an anti-state crime. And by the way, by the, by the way, Re Baltica are the guys that I often use in my own uh, episodes because they produce extremely quality journalism. I fully recommend to listen to like Re Baltica writes in English. Yes, yes, look at them. Um, they 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 um, publish most of their big stories in English as well as Latvian and, and, and as well as in Russian. So one thing that I poked them about though was that uh, they teamed up with BuzzFeed to uncover some evidence about Russian meddling in our elections, which I had spoken about about six months ago and it was big news. Um, well, good job BuzzFeed. I outran you by six months here. Well, congratulations. <laughs> no, it was fun, but uh, it was great. But they're really competent. They are one of the extremely competent Latvian journalists who speak about everything going on in like our region in general, not only Latvia. 
in great detail, and they're amazing. And they're also and they also do their homework. I mean, they will work on a project for half a year before coming out and you know drawing conclusions and laying out the facts. But you know, they are being attacked. This is this is what I would call malicious prosecution or harassment because. Uh, Inga Springe, who is one of the editors of uh, Rebaltica, sent me the letter that she wrote in response to another attack. This attack was made by uh, the person who we're going to discuss, I guess, pretty soon, uh, by the Harmony Party uh, leader, um, Neil Sushakovs. They revealed that he seemed to have spent about 8 million euro promoting himself, 8 million euro of public funds pr- promoting himself. This is exactly the sort of thing that who owns the state or, or KPVLV would love. Wow, look at this, you know, public funds being wasted. No, but they decide to attack Ray Baltica. They ignore that and they attack Ray Baltica for the story that they did about uh, the possible links between the oligarch, Mr. Einar Schlesers, and uh, the party. Anyway, but I saw the letter that Inga had sent in response to the... Uh, accusations made against her by the mayor of Riga. Yeah, I saw that one too. You know, we are on the same mailing list there. <laughs> anyway, what what that letter said, that letter, when you read it, it's got a lot of legalese in it. It's got a lot of things, references to Latvian court decisions and, and, and chapters and verses of the law and European uh, Court of Human Rights. That means she had a lawyer write it for her. That means she had to go through the trouble of using any kind of pro bono or paid legal time to answer a malicious prosecution type of charge. And they're doing this to Latvian television now because Latvian television published some, got a hold of some recorded conversations between uh, the lawyer, Aldis Gobzems, and uh, the ex-actor and parliamentarian uh, Artus Kaiminsch. These conversations took place about four years ago. Uh, but they also clearly showed the news value of those conversations was that all this Gwabzems and Artus Kaimin, who were friends, that they were already interested in politics, or that all this Gwabzems was uh, giving some advice to then newly elected Artus Kaimin. She was elected from another party. He left that party for an internal dispute and then founded KPVLV. But that there was a political connection between these guys back then. That's solid news. That's, that's worth knowing that people have to, you know, this is just a historical fact. They, again, attacked Latvian television. They attacked Latvian television because, uh, because uh, one of the reporters' mother was a, uh, just a sort of ordinary member of some political party. It's not like uh, this guy's mother orders him around. I doubt that very much. So what I find most worrisome about KPVLB, even though their basic idea is pretty interesting, is that they are moving more and more toward being authoritarian. You're either with us or against us. And that they are attacking the media and they're harassing the media with malicious prosecution or with sort of spurious prosecution. Yeah, and that really really goes goes to contrast with their like ideas of uh, this more open government, cutting down the ministries. The thing, it, it really scares me, to be honest. And then they also want to centralize all education in Latvia under one authority. Education is now controlled municipally. Now, that may be good or bad. There are too many municipalities in Latvia. There are a lot of other issues there. But they want to hyper-centralize education. They want to abolish all colleges and universities in Latvia and make it one big, giant Latvian national university, again, centrally administrated and run by some ministry or by some secretariat. The ministries, they would reduce the government to six ministries, but they would also have these things called secretariats running. Uh, This is what your man, Atis Zakatistos, was talking about on TV a few nights ago. And this is beginning to sound like what? This is beginning to sound like the authoritarian government that was running the country from 1934 on, where they had so-called cameral systems, you know, the camera of industry or the secretariat of industry, call it what you will. Yeah, and there are also these like very popular slogans, like they're telling the truth, they're telling how it is. Most of their votes mainly uh, don't come from Latvians living in Latvia. Most of their votes actually come from Ireland, in a way which is important to note. That's another interesting phenomenon here, is that for the first time we've had a whole range of top candidates or near-top candidates, top-of-the-list candidates from all of the big political parties have been going to London, they've been going to Dublin, they've been going to Frankfurt, they've been going to Brussels. Some of them have gone to Sweden. They're holding debates for the so-called diaspora vote because there are about 
anywhere between two and 300,000 people from Latvia, both Latvia, ethnic Latvians and both, you know, possibly also Russians holding Latvian citizenship with voting rights out there. And that vote, if it is mobilized, could impact the, the election rather substantially, although all of those votes are counted in Riga. Anyway, that's, that's another interesting phenomenon. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, it's me Annette again. I hope you are enjoying our special episode about the politics in motherland Latvia. Who would you vote for and why? You can leave a comment on our website, www.theeasternborder.lv. We would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you also to everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. I can confirm that there's a new microphone on the way to improve your listening experience. Please remember to also check out our Twitter at eastern underscore border and our Facebook page to keep up to date with the latest info about the Eastern Border and its creators. See you online! And then before we move on to the Harmony Party, there are two other smaller parties which have a chance of getting in, uh, which I want to speak about. One of them is Progressive, or the Progressives. I have some major issues with them myself. They represent the Bernie Sanders flank of Democrats, to explain. But I, I'd like to ask you a question here about them because, well, they go for these progressive values and they have a lot of great ideas from like the social democratic standpoint. However, what made me worried is that, well, they, uh, their party leader is an openly homosexual person, which is okay. Nothing is that. But the thing is, he has used the rights of getting married in another European Union country, in this case Belgium, and he enjoys the full privileges of that marriage being acknowledged here in Latvia. However, he himself just refuses to openly stand for the rights of his fellow homosexual people. I mean, in Latvia, which is a naturally conservative place, if you're openly homosexual and running for a candidacy and running for a position, then you, you'll gather a lot of votes. But this kind of pushes him back from his like electoral base, from the radical progressive people, because he's just taken one step, but he just takes get another, because conservatives won't work for him anyways. He's lost that electorate immediately. But but he should push down on it. He should double down on it, I think. And the fact that they clearly lack a spine and a backbone in the political system where like they have some good ideas, but the fact that they their leader literally lack a spine, how will he push on those ideas even if they make it there past 5% per year? I can say, uh, can either confirm or deny that uh, the, the party leader, Putinis, Robert Putinis, has been... Uh... Well, one of the most active persons out there, uh, I read about this. He has not raped himself in the rainbow flag, but which is not to say that there were not openly homosexual people who are uh, prominent in politics. I mean, Kavitz, our foreign minister, has uh, said that he's gay, and nobody, and now he's running as a, as a candidate again on the new new unity ticket again. And, and it's okay. Like, we don't care about that in general, but if you represent yourselves as the progressives, and if one of our leading people out there is clearly openly gay and married in Belgium, and now they just refuse to defend the rights of single-sex marriage here in Latvia. Again, it's, 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 a, it's a question of priorities and emphasis. I mean, they've got other issues. They are clearly pro-LGBT rights, but they're just not waving the, the, the flag. I know, but I think, I think that they should, personally. That's my biggest defense there, because they have lost all the conservative votes anyway. They don't have anything to lose. Yeah, they, 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 they have nothing to lose. But then again, they have all refused to uh, list their uh, nationality, religion, 
which actually nobody ever did list uh, or, or or marital status uh, as candidates, saying that not, these things are not important. I would say they actually kind of are, sort of. For some people they are, but not, nonetheless, they could then argue, say, why should, just because you have a leader who is a married gay person, why should he uh, sort of grandstand that? When we don't grandstand the fact that uh, one of the candidates, a woman I know personally a bit, Datsakavasse, she's a lawyer, and she, I believe, is partnered with uh, with an Air Baltic uh, aviation person, uh, not Latvian, and uh, and she has a couple of kids or a kid, whatever. Yeah, but I, I just, I just think that this, this is my main issue with them of, of this lack of backbone. So I, I think progressives again are, are, are a party who I think have these core socially liberal values, as does the other party that you probably will bring up, which is Atisti by Pot. I will, I will, and also bring up uh, the new Conservative Party. But the problem here is, at least how I see it, which is uh, one of the major problems here, at least for my generation, the internet, is that all the internet comes from the states. And then uh, a lot of people on the internet just view problems which uh, their American friends post as kind of extrapolated to us, as if we would have exactly the same problems as the United States have, which is often not the case if you think about it. We have a different political system. We have a different social structure, as you said. You know, we do not have retired uh, aeronautical engineers who have a huge pension from either the government or McDonnell Douglas or whatever, who are Trump voters. Now, these, these three parties that we mentioned, by the way, they're the interesting ones because they could pass the 5% barrier and could play some role there. So, Atisti by Par, they're an interesting story. They're sort of progressive, but they, um, I'd call them one of the least trustable or likable parties ever, especially since they now have Martin Bondars, who started out together with Arthur Skymage, then he ditched that guy, joined another party, did a crazy run for mayor in Riga. Well, has gone over to, uh, to Potter. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really think so. He was with the regional alliance. He got elected by... Or maybe he's he, with, the, with the new conservatives now, but no, no, he's he's with he's with Par now. Uh, yeah, I checked. Uh, he's with Par now because he. It's a party of weird ideas. From I know I know a lot of people who vote for them, but uh, well, they're fairly close to the progressives. They actually were going to try to get together with the progressives because they are they are socially liberal. Therefore, uh, same sex partnership. Therefore. Uh, LGBT lights, therefore not emphasizing uh, the role of your marital status or your nationality. Everybody should be treated equally. Everybody should try to, you know, work for for a better Latvia. That's a, that's 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 sort of okay with me. I, I, know, I mean, I, the problem is that the, their program also looks a bit strange. I I don't think they have the experience or like. They have great ideas. They don't have a plan. That's how I would put it. Well, they have, they have two experience. They have uh, uh, Daniel Spobnitz, who used to be Minister huh? of Economics, who, again, is lambasted, A, for allegedly handing out licenses to these green energy producers who are, you know, producing green energy on a, you know, with, with mice on a treadmill in a black box in the woods or something like that. Producing and green energy, all in air quotes. And then, then, then they have uh, Artis Pabrix, who used to be Minister of Defense, and I think he was Foreign Minister for a while, but he's a party hopper, you know, his CV, he's been in several political parties. And he actually said, oh, I'm never going to leave Unity, and then he bolted from Unity together with some other people. Well, well, well criticizing Unity by now is just beating a dead horse. But, oh boy, it's fun to do that. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, I am surprised the horse is back. I mean, the horse is back. It's on three legs, but it may stumble into the parliament. Who knows? They have, they, they have like necromancy on their side. Watch out, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, have, they, they stumble back into their, even ahead of the progressives and, 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 and the other guys. Yeah, now the new conservative party, the core of that party are two people who were fairly high officials in uh, the anti-corruption agency called CNAB, K-N-A-B, Bureau to Prevent and Combat Corruption. Uh, now, they come out and they say that one of them is Jutta Strite, who's kind of a tiger lady, a dragon lady of uh, that agency, because she was like fired four times by, by, by her superior with whom she had an incredible dragged out court cases and all that uh, conflict over whatever. But also, in the end, she didn't do anything 
really. Well, so yeah, this is the, this is what they say that, that they, because she was so involved in trying to you know trying to get reinstated in her job after being fired by uh, by her boss that you know that 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 whole conflict sort of shut down or, or slowed down the operations of the anti-corruption uh, agency. Also, they have strong ties with our local Latvian NSA, sort of the Drošības policija, the police of security, because the leader Jutas Trīķis husband used to be a very high official there. And their ideas are, well, uh, half of them are conspiracy theories and half of them are just scary. Well, they're a little, yeah, they're, they're, they're totally out to wipe out uh, legalized gambling in Latvia. Well, the basis for that is that a lot of people become, you know, gambling addicts and go play at slot machines on the corner. But if you think about it, that is a problem. That is one thing that is actually a Latvian problem because I had a lot of tourists coming in due to my podcast. Like I got Americans visiting Latvia like once a month. And they're really surprised about how many slot machine holes we have here. Yeah, yeah. This is not Las Vegas. I mean, in Las Vegas, things are done differently. But yeah, okay. I mean, that, that I can see. And, and, and they were a little, again, other sort of socially liberal issues. I don't know where they stand on same-sex marriage. I think they evaded that question. I don't think they're going to be the first in line to decriminalize marijuana in Latvia, although it's being decriminalized all over the world now, or even legalized recreational use of drugs. Um, so they're a little bit, what can you say, they're a bit over-conservative, um, maybe for my taste. But the fact that they, they have these people who are sort of committed to uh, anti-corruption, even though both of them ended up leaving the agency, that's sort of, there's something nice about that. There's something admirable about that. All right, let's, let's get to the... Let's get to Harmony Party, yeah. And this, this is the special thing for me, because like I said, uh, I spoke about this with our editor, and she's going to vote for them. And she gave me some good arguments because, oh boy. First, a little explanation for me here. The Harmony Party is very divisive in Latvian politics. First of all, they have won a few elections, like being the party with most votes already, uh, at least two times. Secondly, they've been running the city of Riga, our capital, for, what, nine years now? More? Thirdly, yeah, this idea that they're tied with Putin's United Russia Party... Uh, they're a bone of contention. Well, then again, at the same time, if you look at uh, those super-party organizations, there are such a thing, right? Because uh, I read about them, and they're technically in league with the Democratic Party, the Democrats from the states. They they technically are in the same super-party organization, being the social democratic guys. That also is strange. And the German social democrats have all come and try to uh, sort of, uh, they sort of come like political stylists, like guys wear the right suit, guys cut your hair, guys try to look good, try to behave, and, and drop this whole thing with, with Russia. See, the Harmony Party brings us to one of the most important issues in Latvia, the contention between the uh, ethnic Russians and, and, and ethnic Latvians and how this whole thing came about. Because this is the biggest party that we got here. Uh, because of PNLT splitting up, because of everything, they are bound to win this. It, it will not be otherwise. Uh, whatever the margin is, they will get the most votes. I will not vote for them. I disagree with them on so many issues, uh, especially fiscal and economical ones, that it's crazy. However, I do think that we have a lot of fear because of the whole Russian issue, and I personally am ready to argue with you that I think that the Russian connections are too, truly overblown. At least for the most part. Their corruption issues are a whole different matter, okay? That's why I won't vote for them, because I do know their corruption stuff. But the thing that uh, that we need to work with them at some manner, especially if they constantly win elections, get the most votes, and that they use their status as constantly opposition party with no one will work with, they just play against us. They, they basically just play the card of, you know, look at what the government did. So why don't you just give them a little responsibility? This is maybe this is maybe opposing you, but I think this is this will be interesting for our Eastern European listeners. I'm also not totally. In, I mean, I do not think that if Harmony went into government, that a week later the Russian tanks would come rolling into Riga. But there are people who think like that. There are people who who push the paranoia about the Russians to the point where. Sorry, cough, cough here. Because the Russians are in Latvia. The Russians are Europeanized. I mean, there are studies done that Russians here know what's going on in Russia. One of the worst things that could happen to a number of pe people would be that they'd have to go and live in Russia. 
They visited relatives. They know what it's like. They don't don't want any of that shit here. One interesting thing was that, by the way, about Russians, because I followed the Putin's elections, so-called event previously known as elections of Putin in March, and when I went uh, to the embassy and, like, interviewed people who came out of that, uh, they actually gave Sprat cans to people who voted, and the people who, like, voted there were, like, they were, like, stunned because the program ran. It was so stupid. Yeah, I, I don't really see the threat here that much. The threat or, or, or the big question, the real issue here is how have they run Riga? Now, they have a whole shopping list of nice things, seemingly nice things they've done. They've done the cultural centers. They've fixed up schoolyards. They've fixed up playgrounds. They've built this massive uh, kind of sports area. Where actually, when my uh, my oldest son came to visit my youngest son, they organized a kind of a soccer game for him. He's ten years older than my uh, than my youngest son, uh, who uh, brought some of his buddies to play soccer. And they, I'm saying soccer because of Latvia we say football, but <laughs> it's football and handbag. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Anyway, they played in that area. It's pretty nice, and there are like dozens of people, teams there. They've done nice stuff. They've also made a disaster out of a number of the main streets in in Riga by repeatedly digging them up and putting in weird uh, patterns of pavement and the cobblestones and just whole clusterfuck of things. And uh, that makes you wonder, what is all of this going to cost? What is all this nice stuff going to cost? Now, Riga has been already running a deficit on public transport. Public transport is subsidized. If it had to, you know, it had to pay for itself, nobody could afford to ride the trams or the buses in Riga. The other thing is, what is all this stuff going to cost? At the end of the day, how much, how much money has Riga borrowed? Yeah, our debt, our debt increased significantly because we had like... Uh... I think we had a surplus before Shokovs came to power, and then we are now running a major deficit, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not voting for them. That is what worries me more. And that there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. People are working uh, for the municipal government who are deputies also in the city council. There's a whole long story about seemingly corrupt or nepotistic things going on. And nobody knows what the final bill for all of this is going to be. I do not like to see this approach to running a administration and the largest city administration in Latvia. I like not, would not like to see this carried over to running the national government. Not that the national government has not been run without scandals and wastes of money and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, why should we amplify that by bringing the Riga model over to uh, the government house? Yeah, in the end, I think if you had to, like, choose something, I honestly can't, as Latvian, make an informed choice. I, I look at literally every party out there. I, I don't even know. Uh, I, I got to ask, what am I going to vote for? And I have no answer right now. And and it's it's not because I'm ignorant. It's because I just have literally read all their programs. I I, I don't have a best decision. I, I can't even figure it out myself. So how can I recommend anyone else? So it's tough. It's it's, it's it boils down to uh, to the lesser of sixteen evils. It's a lot more complicated than uh, many voters in the U.S. who would end up voting for the lesser of two evils. You know, often or who ended up voting for the greater of two evils last time around. But that's... that's... My listenership, by the way, so that you know, it's about uh, 30% Democrats, 30% Republicans, and 40% Libertarians and Greens. Oh, good. So so for the most part, I try to be somewhat neutral about all these issues because I also allow everyone to discuss everything freely on my Facebook page. But the thing is, why now this whole thing matters? Why do we go so deep into this? Because obviously there are interests at hand, especially at this time when... Well, look, uh, Putin is a threat, uh, and that's that's really great that the Czech guys about European freedom of speech and Kremlin Watch, yeah, that was the name, they, they, called, they called Baltic states the most prepared and the interference there. But, you know, uh, as a person who personally receives death threats for my work oh. uh, and uh, from, from Putin's trolls and who gets one-star reviews on iTunes, my ribs are broken once, by the way. Yeah, it, it matters a lot to me what we're going to do with our security, how we're like standing up with this, and the fact that we now have this bickering eight-party system with a country that needs to show support for Western values that, you know, at the time where the West really needs to keep it together, because things in Russia, at least how I view them, because I watch a lot of Russian modern opposition television, just Russian analysts, economists, 
honestly speaking, I think Russia will just you know fall apart in 20 years. It's a it's an educated guess, but but still, we need to keep it in touch and we need to keep it as sane as possible. And 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 if if any bad things are going to happen, and if things go like really crazy, then Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, first countries where this is going to go. So this is why it matters. Because I don't, I don't want some some random bickering in my parliament about nonsense. When our first priority, I think, should be making sure that have we some values. Analysis is correct, but you know, um, I mean, on the other hand, the Latvian parliament decima is sort of uh, random bickering uh, about nonsense. Are us, you know, or used to be at uh, time for time, and that is unfortunately one of the. One of the downsides of the parliamentary system, uh, especially a post-Soviet parliamentary system, is that uh, it's not without reason that the journalist slang that I at least have propagated and others use and understand when I use it immediately is that uh, they, we talk not of the Latvian Saima, not of the Latvian parliament, we talk of the monkey house. Yep. <laughs> I, I know that expression. Then again, well, I'm going to quote the Russian journalist Nivzorov here when he stated that, you know, uh, every normal person now and then has to serve his country. So he assumes that serving the country position, he serves his country for some time and, you know, then takes a shower, maybe visits a proctologist. Then he can go to a psychiatrist and show exactly the dolly where the country touched him. But the politicians are those guys who, for some reason, like this uh, serving the country position. Uh, that's a rude joke, obviously, but... Uh, you know what it means to serve the country. It does not mean to enrich yourself. It means to earn a decent salary for doing your job and for hopefully, you know, not fucking everything up, which which seems to have been the talent of a number of Latvian politicians of all political parties. I mean, we have the whole e-health issue here. 15 million euro has been spent on a nearly non-functional, minimally functional system that should have put all our health records, all our prescriptions, and various other things online. Well, it's just sort of barely chugging along now. Anyway, I think I, I, I am just looking at time. I think I, I, I would kindly request to wrap. Okay, okay. Well, let's wrap this up. I just did you know, one final comment here. Uh, about well, the biggest mistakes in Latvian governmental system, because I did a fairly recently an episode on the whole Atmoda thing, and I studied a bunch of newspapers from that era. And then I found out that the traditional argument, especially by the that time politicians, was that if you'd give everyone citizenship, then those people they'll like vote for pro-Russian parties. Even though at the same time in 1991 in the referendum, uh, 85% of the voters voted for leaving the Soviet Union, even though only 50% of the voters were ethnically Latvian. And then I read a full-fledged very hearted uh, article written by an orthodox Russian a pope. That's uh, not a pope, it's a bishop, whatever the thing is. And and, and it's like, I, I think we lost something there, uh, in which exacerbated our conflict with ethnic minorities when we didn't solve this problem peacefully because there were certain persons who wanted to stay in power more to, you know, get over the G20 loans and stuff which is their fault, really. Playing the Russian card always works in this country because people don't really analyze, uh, you know. First of all, they've got to understand nobody, you know, the Russians are not going to leave uh, except to go to work in Ireland, right? If, and if they're Latvian citizens, it's easier for them to do that. Uh, second of all, nobody in Europe is going to accept some kind of mass forced migration as some people sort of have in the backs of their heads. It's not going to happen. So you have to live with these people and you have to realize that these people have gradually adopted and adjusted to the kind of attitudes that most other Latvians have. And as I said, there are, there are people who go to Russia and they immediately accused of having a Baltic accent in their Russian, which is, which is kind of in a sense true. And, uh, and, and they're immediately different. They're, they're Euro-Russians. They're not really Russian-Russians. And well, they're there. They also see what a mess Russia is in many ways, and they're glad that they can live in Latvia, and they would prefer not to be stigmatized and thrown in the same bag with, uh, you know, either local crazy Russians or the crazy behavior of, of, of the current Russian government. And the final words, the final question here, uh, which I always ask all my guests on my shows of PDRP, what could our listeners learn from this episode? This I'm a huge fan of learning and reflection and thinking for yourself. If you're an American listening to this, what can you learn from this? 
Well, you, you've learned a little bit about uh, some of the rather intricate uh, aspects uh, uh, and esoteric aspects of politics in the country that brought you Christoph Porzingis. Porzingis? Wait, my surname is Andrei Sons. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but Porzingis is like everyone who gets a medal or, or is a huge, huge athlete or, or is, gets famous is a huge name here. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Juris. You're amazing. Uh, thank you for joining us in this interview on our like, tiny little podcast. And uh, My final words for this would be that if you think your country is messed up, you just have to learn a bit about other countries and you understand that it might just be the politics in general. That's why, you know, we do our jobs. So thank you, comrades, and uh, see you next time. And I hope you learned something. До свидания, Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.